Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Tonight you are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. Everyone's beardy Stephen. Hello. More moustache than beard. I think you have a greater moustache bar. Going for the wingspan. Yep. Uh, my darling wife. Bonjour. You can, you can change it back to Tony if you want. No, um, I'm happy with my wife. Um, we're, we're waiting for Frank and I'm bright until I fly. Hello and welcome. Uh, I don't. Does anyone know what why Frank's held up a bit? I just said he's running late. Basically, putting out be, fires. Yeah, I was going to say it can't be London stuff anymore. He says go go go. It's got to be like cows crossing the road and sheep and things like that. Now it can't be stabbings and things. Got, got a sheep stuck on the roof. Gunfire. Yeah. Yes, yeah, none of that anymore. Yeah. So you guys were uh, talking about uh, your quad wing design is that right thing oh man my plan for a, a bloody stupid design and, and ultimately the vehicle for many wing flyers to point at me and say i told you so I, i've got a bunch of, of foam gliders here and i've got literally no expense frame and some bits of motor i've got some 2204s and i was just saying like i probably want something that swings i was looking at three inch and then i thought maybe swinging a bigger prop is good because when you're on a plane and you've got a quad that's kind of uh, illustrative purpose or a quad like that on the front what i'm going to need to do is to have lots of your inertia because my yaw is going to become my role and i was just umming and ahhing about that basically so you're putting a quad on the nose yeah, or I'll chop the nose off and put the quad a bit further back so it doesn't completely screw the CG. This, this is interesting because this seems to have deviated slightly from last week when I thought you were talking about putting a quad this way on because you said, oh, you can take off anywhere, you can just hover. But if you put it the front, podcast, <coughs> this that's way is Horizontal. I thought mounting horizontally. Yeah. But so I was thinking about- what I actually wanted was to, to mount it kind of on the wing and then to have the wing have some little legs that come out so the quad still sits upright and then I just take off like that. Uh, sorry, it's, I should take this thing out of the bag. But do you think the three inch is going to... No, I don't really think the three inch is going to do the job, but it's just what I've got. The, the other frame I've got is down in the box and I can't be bugged to go and route around. I apologise to audio listeners. It sounds like you're in the cinema and the person in front of you sorry, is the biggest the person bag of next sweets ever. popcorn very rudely. Um, um, so... For audio listeners, I'm showing the wing out of a foam glider with a quad frame on the top of it. And I, I was thinking if I can get to sort of stand like this, I might be able to get two of the little um, tail finny bits or, or just some bit 3D printed bits and just put some legs on it. And then I could take off like 
you know, straight up however I want. And then um, I can just punch it forward and I'll get a nice bit of a uh, nice bit of lift by by virtue of the fact that there is a wing attached to the uh, rear of my quad. Um, if indeed the flight controller can and deal with it, it would be a testament to what they've managed in Beta Flight 4.3. Does it completely freak out or does it go, yeah, all right, yeah, you tied a wing onto your quad. That's fine. <laughs> we'll, see. well, I think it's it's more viable now because what you've basically done is replace one prop at the front with four and using differential thrust instead of your servos. Um, yeah, I hate, you, the you thing was I just, hated um, servos. That was the main thing. I was wondering if you could just mount... Well, you can either tell it that the flight controller is mounted differently than it is, so it, it, it believes that, that way is level with the, the wing, or you could just mount the flight control on the wing and the uh, the motors of the quad just in front. I was going to mount the flight controller on the frame so it kind of knew that it was facing forward. So it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, ultimately, I'm not going to fly stabilised. I'm going to fly acro. And all, acro is just like, is it going where I'm pointing it? it it's not going to try and self-level itself. So it should be all right, I think. But you can still just go, like, balls to the wall and fly, you know, 90 degree forwards if you want to with a flight controller, can't you? I mean... Where you, you can mount your you, camera in the middle. Well, the camera's going to be at quite quite an extreme angle obviously um you know, <laughs> just basically, at least 90 degrees yeah well at least 90 nearly 90 degrees i do yeah i do have a flight controller somewhere with a camera switcher so that's not out of the question they're not i've used one on the tank before the rover that i've got it's got two cameras on that's not terrible i could just uh splash out for a matek with a built-in um built-in camera switch or get a separate camera switcher just runs off a uart or off the led pin um, how, either way, how yeah. So, one, did I switch? If you've got a nice big like field of view, if I have a one point six mil lens, that field of view is going to be like one hundred and sixty degrees. Oh, it switches almost instantaneously toned. So long as you're not using one of the rapid fire like uh, field combining modes, you've got to put it on like legacy mode because it butchers the uh, sync signal. Right. But yeah, I was, I was really thinking just put the camera at sort of sixty degrees and have a really wide field of view, and then I'll be able to take off. And once I'm going, I'll probably see enough. Um, have you considered, anyway. since it's now at the front of the wing, how are you going to land without wrecking stuff? Same, same way I land a quad, so I'll probably wreck stuff. Turn it off up here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I mean, I've still got to stabilise mode. Oh, if I'm flying like that and I put it in stabilised mode, it's just going to go whoop. And it's going to have the, the wing on its ass, and I can probably just slowly park it there, can't I? So it would probably fly down, won't it? It'd probably land like that. If you just switch the motors off, you'd probably glide for a bit. If I, yeah, I mean, if I completely disarm it, I could probably glide a bit. Yeah, that's true. But I was thinking more of a vertical takeoff and landing because that, that looks really messy and like I'll probably get mud on this. I don't want to get mud on the on the on the wing, so I'll just sort of flip it into stabilized mode and just you know pop it down at my feet okay. so same way mm. that, that was the thing of, of taking off as well just to sort of take off whoop so put some little triangles or something on the end of the wing so it can stand up which apparently are also something something winglets something something stability i don't know it might just be bits of cardboard slotted into the wing i don't know well it's going to be a learning we experience all look forward to this video yeah. and yes. demonstration do you ever do, do anything with the? Do you remember the slow down air mode flaps? Did you do anything with those at any point? 
The slow down air mode flaps. No. Yeah, it was like it was a weird idea, basically, where um, you know, like it gave you like bullet time, where flaps from underneath your quad would open out, giving you a greater surface area. Ah, and, like, yeah, I vaguely remember someone doing stuff with those. It, it looked a bit as well. faffy. I have to say, you mean like an air brake? Yeah, yeah, an air brake. No, Sounds like it. if you're really feet. bombing it along on a quad <laughs> and you've got an air brake, unless it was a very solidly constructed air brake, you'd end up with just a kind of explosion <laughs> and then you'd yeah. quite carry on. Uh, well, I can't remember. It was just like some some quad had it where you could just, you know, they kind of like folded out and it would slowly. I, I'll be back. Sorry, I've got, got to be ill. I'm sorry. <laughs> I vaguely remember it. But I can't remember exactly what it looked like. Pavel did it, apparently, according to Caroline yeah. Tyler. I, I have to say I don't remember that particular experiment, but I'd be interested to, to see. I just thought it's an interesting phenomenon, and um, we'll see what happens. We will see. Yes. I've also been building some other bits and bobs, well, apart from procrastinating on the wing. Like I've got Shark Bite up and running with its fancy, um, what you call it, um, display port, all that canvas mode but gubbins so super shiny digital menus and things in, in this little guy which is a 1304 based three inch it's just, i thought you know if there's a place where shark bite's going to excel it's on the, the super lights where you mm. can't get regular digital systems so I'll try it there and um it, it's really nice they i've got an ep2 in here and they changed the led for a bright green one and it, it looks like a disco it's quite it's quite fun i jammed it right at the top of the canopy uh, yeah, I'm going to fly that over the weekend and see how that goes. Have you guys talked about our nemesis yet? Well, you know, DJI stuff. In what, in what way? Well, they new, they've got a new drone, I think, coming out tomorrow. I've seen bits appear on YouTube saying announcement coming, but they didn't seem to suggest what it was. Have you seen anything, Tony, about what was coming? I think it's a new Mavic. Because every time you think, oh, it's a new Mavic, it's a new Phantom, it's some sort of stupid it's a gimbal. phone. Yeah, it's a gimbal. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fast-charging battery map. It's a new Mavic, but it's got two cameras on the front or something, one for stills mm. and one for zoom, something like that. I haven't seen, I've just seen pictures. I haven't really looked into it at all. Um, I, was, I was dead interested in uh, Mads, uh, Ian, the, the Welsh guy's coverage of the, the Action 2. thought that was quite amusing. Like, he couldn't yeah, use it indoors for more than five minutes. I saw Rotorite's video and it looked really good on there, but then I've, yeah. I've looked at other people's videos and it does look good, but apparently it cuts out if you run it at four, right. uh, 4K, 120 frames, of, it's, it's, it gets too hot and cuts out. This is one of those um, press announcements you can literally use to decide like minutes. who's taking money from DJI and who isn't getting money from DJI because some people say, it's amazing. Nothing wrong whatsoever. And other people are like, I can only record for four and a half minutes and it, sh it switches off and then I charge it and the charging heats it up and then I can only record for two minutes. <laughs> and other people are like, no problem, no problem. That's based I think you're where probably, you are in the world as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay in the UK. I saw Bloods um, posted a video having a go at it and I asked him, I said, did you have any uh, overheating problems? And he said, no, it came down freezing because... Yeah, look look outside right now. It's it's pretty yeah. cold. Yeah. So we're in a perfect environment to run it. But so long as you're flying outdoors, if you're flying an indoors, actual yes. environment are screwed. Yeah. Isn't it geo locked yeah. as well though? There's a there's a heat yeah. sink thing where you can press a button. If you're in the states, you can make it run 
yeah. water and it will apparently run for a longer time. But because we've got EU stuff over here, it's not allowed to get to... Because we've actually got safety regulations and it's not yeah. just like sell something until it becomes unsafe and kill someone and then take it off the market, unlike America. <laughs> so it's blanked out in, in England or in yeah, yeah. EU and stuff, the bit where you can... It's the same it as the FCC mode for the the FPV system, right? It just yeah. geofenced it. That's boring. Yeah. So what you should do if you want to get one is buy it from the US. And it will yeah. Well, the instant you activate it, and you have to activate it after a certain amount of time, it locks out that option. So you can use so, it for a short uh, while, but then you're stuck. And, and this is why I don't have DJI goggles. And then you, yeah, yeah. You've got a Any consumer piece of kit which is essentially are. like standalone but forces you into activation is like... It's a bit dirty. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it's it. Dirty. It's I think after a couple of firmware updates... Uh, it's. I mean, the weight's really good, and the and the size of it. It's not much action either, though. Is it? it? Doesn't look very rugged. No. I thought <laughs> Given it sounded those, like that massive, fun. massive, and replaceable lens on the front is just saying, "Scratch me now." Hmm. It's got a beautiful looking image quality. I mean, Maz he did criticise it, but his flight videos look amazing. And once you've got it on a quad, it's cool enough. It's okay. It's got plenty of air going over it. But you've got no removable memory. And you've got no removable battery. So you've got a 20-minute runtime and a 22-gig usable capacity. And once either of those is done, you've got to recharge it, and you can't use it, can't swap the battery out, keep flying. And you've got to drain the storage onto another device, and you can't use it while that's happening either. Mm, and apparently it takes one minute to move one minute of recording. So 20 minutes flying, so 20 minutes charging and moving. laptop out of you. Or go yeah. and do your 20 minutes filling right. up. And then or you've got to buy two of them, effectively, because they run for 20 minutes at a time, and they record 20 minutes. And so you come down with one, swap it over, it gets recharged and pull all the data off it, and you fly with your second one. So if you want to actually use it for serious business, you need at least two of them. I do like the weight of it, though. It looks, what is it, 56 grams or 53? Yeah, it's pretty light. Something. Yeah. Good on a and the footage looks beautiful. Yeah. It's really nice. It does look good, what I've seen of it. But, yeah, I mean, who's going to run 4K 120 frames anyway all the time? They're not, are you? No. Well, not if you want and cinem- and cinematic. I mean, cinematic in a cinema is 24 frames. Why would you but, run but, 120 unless you want to slow some bits down? A little small 4K is like 30 grams. Take some micro SD. You can power it. I've got a balance connector there. Just power it off your LiPo. And that'll do 4K 60. doesn't do 4K 120, but does 4K 60. Yeah. It's maybe not as nice. It's not quite as fancy, but it's pretty good. I'll stick that with that for now. 20 minutes to get footage yeah. off there. Oh. Yeah. Fly for 20 minutes, copy footage and charge for 20 minutes, fly for another 20 minutes. It's interesting to think who they're marketing that at, because if it's marketed as an action camera... Looking like everybody, like if you're like a mountain biker or a skier or a scuba diver or whatever, you just take a GoPro along and you know, you can do about an hour's recording and then, oh, it's full, swap the battery, swap the SD card, you carry on with what you'd you have, have, have a, little, a little bank of those things, wouldn't you? Just yeah. to keep turning it on. You're a snowboarder. You've got, to, want to, you've got your stick and you've got your camera and you're going to take some amazing videos. You get to the top of a lift, oh, it's full. Oh, what do you do? You have you have a laptop in your backpack. What, what what's what's the situation look like? Mm. I mean, four, I haven't four, thought about four, this, have they? 
Not really. No. 4K on YouTube looks sh- anyway, unless it's really slow and a sunny, hot day. Like my video of me traveling down the river with a dog on my kayak, 4K, glorious day, looked lovely because it was just all slow. You go fast on YouTube, 4K, it's just choppy and sh- anyway, isn't it? So. I don't know. I mean, 4K 120 slow down stuff. Well, that's just really good. That's an infrastructure problem, right? It's waiting for people's internet connections and people's devices to catch up. It's actually pretty demanding to play like high bitrate 4K streams. You can really max out your connection. It it costs YouTube a lot of money to have these massive. Well, I mean, YouTube have got advertising, so I'm sure they'll they'll find a way if there was incentive for them to do it. Um, I've actually, I upsampled some stuff. I just doubled it and I ended up with 5K videos for some of my stuff on YouTube. because so I was just, I was trying to get around the crappy quality uh, by doubling the resolution and, and some of it ended up at uh, like 5K. And and yeah, it gets really demanding to play it. I've got this PC Probably with like 24 cores. So I can it. just watch my CPUs get slammed. I mean, me editing 4K 30 frame stuff <laughs> my PC's like doing 120. Yeah. I'm like trying to watch a bit of footage and edit it would be a nightmare. And where's it going? Right? A lot of the audience 4K. is on Instagram and stuff as well. So yeah, 4K just but, takes up too much disk space. It's like I've already got mm. four discs sitting there just for 1080p. For yeah, I think loads Mads of stuff. was quoting 4K for the 4K insane. 60, 850 meg a minute. So your 20 minutes of footage is, that's 15, 16 gig right there. I've been thinking about chimney nuts. Have you now? Tell us about chimney nuts. Chimney nuts. Well, I was just thinking you can slide a a bit of plastic here and then screw into the bottom of it like that, M5, of course. This is a podcast, Jack, to explain what you're doing. Well, Explain yeah, what a chimney true. nut is for ignoramuses like me who are staring at that and wondering if it's a bit of stationery you found. No, the chim- chimney nut is like basically it's like a nut with a clip that's a clip, and you like you can slide. I've slid a bit of paper in it, and you can then tighten it down on on your prop, and then maybe you could mu- DIY your own propellers. <laughs> Google a chimney nut if you don't know what one is. It was a well, nice like Christmas like... special from the Victorian era, chimney nuts. Yeah. They're sooty, but they taste great. A bit dim now knows about them. Yeah, good old chimney nuts. That's what I was thinking. Re- what What is the most stupidest thing I can slot into a chimney nut and make my own props? Well, I suppose you could get a little bit of perspex my and you could just bend it with hot air, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It. Yeah. But equally, Shall... you could just do that with a bit of plastic and then just drill a five mil hole in. This is what we need. Back to cottage industries, homemade artisanal quadcopters. Yeah. I feel it's derailed enough for us to say, should we go and get on with the actual uh, subject of this podcast, which Schedule was programming suggestion about Sims? Because right. he said... When you said it a few months ago, we were having lovely weather, and you said, "Oh, it's getting quite crap. We should talk about Sims at some point." We're like, "No, it's really good." Last this week or last mm-hmm. week, it's been bloody awful. Um, well, it's as we've all lived in this country for most of our lives. I think we realise it gets and no one wants to stand outside. Roughly from November until mm, 
about April. I find so, even if you can stand going outside, doing this means after yeah. about five minutes you can't actually feel the, the first on pack. Your thumbs, you're you're really nimble and agile. The third pack, you can barely move your fingers. Okay. So, what have you found out, Stephen, about Sims and the way they smell? Well, I saw that it was the Steam Halloween sale, so I kind of went bananas and I bought a bunch of Sims, and I thought, well. How can I legitimise this reckless fiscal irresponsibility? I can do a sim comparison. So what we have here is me being a grumpy git and playing sims on my own and comparing them. Um, I did a lot of testing on Linux because that's what I run, but I also booted into Windows to make sure that it was representative. And I, I found out a whole, whole load of things. Um, one, don't believe the hype. Um, and two, like some of these are absolutely gargantuan. But I didn't realize how complex and how many maps were in some of these. Um, I also learned a lot about how game pads are mapped. So I'll touch on that. And um, let's just do a quick rundown of the ones I found. There's some that are very similarly named that start the lineup. And those are the Drone Champions League. You may have noticed this in yellow and black livery. Um, doesn't seem to actually be that huge of a contest, but they've got a game, um, and it is, an, it is a real-world contest. Um, there's the Drone Champions League, and then there's a Drone Racing League, which is people like Nurk and, and that flying in, and this is the one where they have tryouts every year, and you'll see Bardwell and others talking about it. And if you run the weekly tryouts, you can, you can get into the actual real-world thing. Then we've got Velocidrone, which I was pressured to include, despite the fact that it winds me up. Uh, Liftoff, Curry Kitten Sim, can't leave that one out, Sterling work. Uncrashed, FPV Freerider, which was dusted off and thrown into oh, the uh, running. This many? Yeah, and I'll, I was just going to do a quick rundown and put, put, feel free to jump in. Uh, I've, I've rated them on a bunch of criteria, and I've, I've decided that useful criteria would be the selection of quads, the graphics, the controller support, obviously a big one for us, um, the tracks, the interface and menus, and then the community around it. And so I've kind of done a little comparison. I can, I'll can i post the, the notes if anyone wants to see. I've also got the price of each. So starting off with this Drone Champions League, this was the most expensive, and I must have bought it on sale at some point because it's twenty four ninety nine, and I'm pretty sure I didn't pay that much for it. It's, uh, it's Windows only, but I managed to kludge it into working under Linux as well as trying it on Windows. Refuses to go full screen, even under Windows. Just a big, little, little bit odd there. I think it's designed for PS4. I don't have any, any consoles, but I gather that's where a number of the players are. I, I was going to say, are... there's, there's a couple of these ones, and, and it's a little bit confusing because we got something, something league about four times, haven't we? Mm-hmm. But they did make, I think, an Xbox and PS4 version of, of one of these but I've no idea how that plays because obviously using a PS4 controller is, is one of the worst things possible to do when trying to fly anything. There are people talking about plugging OpenTX into a PlayStation um, with varying degrees of success. From what I can gather, the way you really want to do it is just go straight USB, not use one of these wireless adapters because they have very varying results, but straight in USB. And um, the one thing I should get off the bat right now, if you're finding that you can't, see a throttle channel, it's because Windows or whatever your OS is has assumed you're using a gamepad. And Curry probably knows this, but gamepads 
have like triggers, analog triggers. So you don't go left X, left Y, right X, right Y. You go left X, left Y, left Z, right X, right Y, right Z. So where you think you should be seeing a throttle, usually like ATR should be on like channel four. Well, channel four, it assumes is going to be the trigger axis. And most of these don't have any use for a trigger, so they hide the trigger axis. So you, you want to like step over channels um, three and six and just map thing, things to one, two, and then four, five. And then you should bingo get a mapping if you haven't got someone who's actually worked, wait, uh, mirrors, someone who's actually worked and got their controller mapping working properly, a lot of these games just don't bother to do that. Um, so you're going to need to jump around it and create a special model for the for the joystick, um, which isn't too much hardship. You just have an extra model that remaps, avoiding channels three and six. Um, you'll also find that when you want to map a button, a lot of them think things aren't buttons or switches until you get up above axis 10 or 11. And below that, it thinks, no, it must be an axis. It must be like a thumb hat or, or an extra, God knows what they put on, a fishing I, controller. I, I can explain why that happens yep. quite quite easily. In, in OpenTX, they designed the joystick map. So the first 16 channels are all axis, and anything above that is a button. It doesn't matter what it's assigned to. If you're on channel 17 and you put it on a stick, it's now a button and has a zero or one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of OpenTX's fault, but it, it is very odd. I was able to get buttons reading out on channels 14 and 15, so I don't know what was going on there. I, I don't have anything mapped over channel 16, but I managed to get buttons working. So, yeah, I might well, maybe we can put our heads together and post a profile on this. But yeah, that 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 was present on a bunch of these. So anyway, DCL very expensive. The quad selection, I've given that a 3 out of 10 on DCL because they have their big yellow and black quad, their small yellow and black quad, and a giant yellow and black quad. And then you're like, oh, but look, there's hundreds more. Well, the hundreds more are just skins. They don't behave any differently. So you've got Mm. an X class that isn't really designed for the tracks, a middling underpowered seven inch, and then a typical kind of five inch race, which is, you know, a bit more fun. And I flew most of them on the five inch race one. So three out of 10 um, for that. The graphics I'm saying nine out of 10, because it it had beautiful, beautiful trails that you followed and and the maps were rendered in delicious detail. This is the only one where I noticed the scenery was actually, uh, well, one of the two where I noticed the scenery is actually dynamic and there's some movement and things there. That was nice. Um, the controller support was four out of 10 because in the menus at some point it would decide because you're using a gamepad, all of the menu actions are no longer clickable with your mouse and you have to use your shoulder buttons to move through the menus. And I never did figure out exactly which channels were supposed to be the shoulder buttons. So I was unable to use the menus for, for a lot of that, unless I backed out of the menu and went in and then it would randomly allow mouse clicking. And as soon as I maybe jiggled the stick on the joystick, it was convinced that I plugged in my gamepad and, and it would remove the mouse clicking options and show me LT and RT prompts for things, which just stops me from being able to actually select a track. Um, that was pretty rough. Um, the tracks are just huge. There's, this is the one with Prop Town in, and you'll probably see Prop Town in a lot of videos. And there's an oil bando that's quite nice as well. There's not many of them, but the tracks are really, really nice. Um, interface and menus. 
very hit and miss, like I said. I'm saying five out of ten for, for the interface and menus because you just can't click through them with OpenTX because it thinks that you need to use R1 and L1 and A and B buttons. Maybe we can figure out a profile for that, but it's going to rely on people memorizing things and using their trim switches as buttons. It's horrible. So overall, it looks great. There's a lot of hype on DCL, but I'd say actually that, that 25 quid price and the low number of quads make it not great. Then move on to DRL, which is kind of the polar... Sorry, it's eight pound twenty four at the moment. It's on a Ooh, 60, on sale. Yeah, that's when you want to buy it. Well, yeah. sale. Um, DRL just, on the other. Just hand. to say as well, while Stephen's going through all this, if if you've tried these and have an opinion, please uh, write it in yeah. the comments, and uh, we'll take that into account. Throw it in there. More feedback is good. Yeah. So that, that's uh, that's DCL, and and the one I was gonna. Yeah, it's, it's lots of lots of hype, but to be honest. Mm, the lack of quads and lack of tracks is a bit of a downer. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Then if we go on to DRL, um, which I think is 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 better, uh, the price is £7.49 normally, and it's 50% off, so it's down to like £3.60 right now. And I think you just, you can't, oh no, the price is up again. You can't not buy this one if, if it's on sale. It's, it's really good. Um, if you want to have a go, the quality here, the number of quads, and the fact that they do tryouts each year, and you can like just play everyone in the world, that makes it quite a uh, compelling purchase. Um, there's some beginner tracks, and then it escalates very quickly up to some insanely difficult professional tracks with tight cornering, where you need to do inverted zero G moves to, to get through gates and stuff. I'd say the quad selection is nine out of ten. Um, I'm seeing everything from 533's uh, Switchback Pro through to um, other popular race frames, freestyle frames. There's stuff up to the DRL4, which is a big 7-inch, all the way down to, to a whoop. Like You can fly a whoop on full throttle around the same tracks that you flew a 7-inch very cautiously around. It's quite funny. Um, what do they feel the- like now? Do they feel like you're flying a drone? Some think, of them were just I, like. I found yeah. it compelling. Like this, yeah. I found Freerider, FBV Freerider, they haven't changed the physics on that, and that felt like absolute poop compared to this. This, I, I actually felt it was a very nice feeling game. And, and when I put on, I played most of it with that 533 Switchback Pro, and it felt really nice. Um, I can't speak for the bigger DRL quads because I just don't fly that type of thing. But I fly light five inches, and it felt like a light five inch. I, I think I preferred the feel of DRL to, to pretty much everything here. It felt like they really put a lot of effort into it, and I can believe that because they've got professional race pilots playing it, and they'd, they'd call it out if there was something too wrong there. The yeah. graphics aren't quite as shiny as DCL, but they're still pretty hot. I'll give the graphics an 8 out of 10. It feels a little bit older. It's not quite as shiny as DCL or uncrashed here, but it performs well, and there's no glitching and slowdowns. Um, that What's really visible is the fact that they've had maps in there from 2016, 2017, all the way through to 21, and the older maps just don't look as good. 
um, they haven't gone back and remastered them. So they're still using kind of an older older 3D feature set, not as great textures, not as great lighting. So there's quite a variety in, in, you can see how it's progressed just by playing a few of them, but the new maps do look spectacular. I'm thinking of things like the bridge and campground maps. They were really good. Controller support, uh, seven out of 10, same problem with channels. Calibration worked. It didn't think that I was using a gamepad through the menus and I, I had no issues there. Tracks, nine out of 10. I'm, there's just a huge, and I mean huge number of tracks, like not quite as many as the user submitted iterations for Velocidrone, but a really, really big number of tracks. Um, going through the, U there's some United States Air Force maps, which are quite nice, where you can fly through uh, decommissioned aircraft and you've got gates that are like the turbine housings of jets that you have to, you know, make a beeline through. Um, really, really interesting setup on this one. The the only problem with some of the maps are that they're so varied and odd. A lot of the times, a couple of aeroplane wings with light-up posts on them are the gate, and it can be hard to tell what's a gate and what's just part of the scenery that you're flying around. But but overall, the variety, I think, really made up for that. And, and when you're chasing towards a gate, it shows a fixed-size sprite, and you don't know if you're getting closer or not to the gate because the sprite doesn't get bigger as you fly towards it. It just stays the same size, and then eventually you, know, you, you hit it when you're not expecting to. Um, the interface, uh, 7 out of 10, um, really simple. And I like the fact they put the camera angle like on the main menu, so you didn't have to go into sub-menus. You just had the camera angle right there. It was nice and easy to tweak if you wanted to dial it in. Because a lot of these, you know, you're changing quads, flying different speed maps with tight cornering or big ovals, and you want to change the camera angle quite a bit. But I think the, the real winner on that was the community, like 9 out of 10. You can play in tryouts every year and those tryouts can take you into the real world competition so that's the only one that offers that as far as i know um matchmaking was on by default which i didn't really want when i was testing it out but it was easy enough to turn off the notifications and just go into mr boring's forever alone mode which is what i did um the next one everyone loves and i think probably a lot of people own a copy of this from what i can tell it's velocidrone um I thought it was the oldest of the bunch, but after Frank suggested I try FPV Freerider, I'm no longer sure. Um, it's it's on Steam, Velocidrone. The Velocidrone has its own store, and that, that's kind of a negative. Um, it uses its own downloader, and its own downloader is kind of janky. I had to install older security libraries on my Linux system for it to work. I had to install an old version of TLS because they haven't properly included the libraries. It takes an absolute age to download. The base game is 17 quid, and there's a bunch of down uh, DLC between four and eight quid for this. Um, there's a lot of tracks, but there's no real curation. So you've got millions of tracks with just minor variations, and you can't really tell which are good and which aren't. The graphics I would describe as janky. Um, they're well behind most other things. And the quad selection, I'd say five out of 10, there's lots of quads, but I didn't really feel there was a difference in performance between a lot of the quads. Um, I gather additional quads are available in a paid for DLC, but you're paying 17 quid for the game to start with in it. I didn't really feel like going for the DLC. I think the, the graphics I said would be a, a two out of 10 here. It really took me back to 2002 um, when things were transitioning from Half-Life to Half-Life 2, kind of, think Quake 3 Arena, that sort of 
really, really old graphics. Um, lots of terrain pop up and flashing on the highest set settings. Shadows look terrible. HDR claims to be there, but it's sort of half-implemented HDR. The resolution would reset to 64480 every time I started it under Linux. The load times are really long, uh, and I, I, my notes are here. I put I cannot emphasize how sh this looks compared to everything else. It's just it was the worst looking by a long way. Um, how did you find? Because one of the things um, I always thought about Velocidrone, it, it's not particularly pretty. He says with clearly the worst looking quad sim ever, but the the physics and the feel of the quad to me always felt pretty good did you find that or did when i was when frustrated by the size of the environment and yeah it was way behind drl notably um just the performance and the maps were quite small i i, I just didn't i didn't enjoy it and, and when i crashed it would auto restart me and things like this where i couldn't just like flip over and carry on yeah i just i i just bounced off this one i've I bought it on recommendation and spent, you know, 10 or so hours trying to get into it. I just, I just couldn't, I found the controller support was, was a bit off as well. I couldn't get it to detect any switches or buttons on my controller. Um, and, and just things like the curation of tracks. I want to, yeah, you've got like empty scene day. Great. Empty scene day. Everyone's favorite. Like where, where are the, where are the popular tracks? Where, where's like a curated track? Any views uh, or opinions expressed on this show are personal and do not reflect the. the yeah, views I know of... it's super popular. I think it's because people have been playing it for donkey's years, right? So, time immemorial. Yeah, and that's what's got the. It has got. I, guess, I said it was ten out of ten for the community because I know there's a huge number of people that play it. So I'm sure if your mates are on this and you've got older laptops and you just want something to kick off a game, it, it's great. Um, I found it challenging compared to the others. And that might be because the others have got a bit more advertising behind them. One of the things about DRL, it did have some annoying like insurance company sponsorship messages, and there's none of that here. So yeah, I mean I just I think what really got me about Curry Kit and Sim was like he's only been working on that for a little while and it already looks just about as good as Velocidrone does. And the controller mapping worked, I think, a bit better than Velocidrone's. And I just don't know like, how it's so bad when it's been devel in development for so long. It just felt... Spending the money on this, it just felt kind of insulting that it was as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Curry's is literally 10% of the cost of, of this, so I'd say go buy Curry's. Oh, or um, you could get the free version. Which is infinitely cheaper. Oh, there you are. Infinitely cheaper. And then we've got Liftoff as well, which people also slag off. Um, I spent a bit more time on Liftoff. I found it easier to get into, but it's also fairly old. I think second oldest here. It's, it's also quite expensive. It's about the same cost as Velocidrone, but it's on Steam, and so it does have occasional sales, Liftoff. Um, the graphics, I'd say, are middling. They're not quite down there with Velocidrome, but they're certainly not up there with DRL and the newer stuff. Um, there's some fancy light effects and things, but, you know, yeah, they've put all this with the camera filters on. When you actually hold on to the shots for a minute, you realize it's, it's pretty basic. Um, the quad selection, I think, is 9 out of 10 because they really benefit from the Steam workshops. They've got community-submitted quads, and that gives them a, a huge variety of different quads that you can fly. Um, together with reviews and comments about them, which I found difficult about Velocidrone, that the maps and quads and things, there wasn't a lot of information, whereas Steam's workshop system lets you actually have a, a little bit of 
reporting on which is what and kind of how they behave. Um, the graphics, I think, six out of ten. It's an older engine. It shows its age in areas like foliage. Um, performance is fairly strong. They've been careful and not cluttered up the maps with tons of stuff, so the performance level stays pretty high. But the you know the maps are not as detailed as they are in some other sims in order to maintain that performance level. There is a DLC for this, I should mention, that adds a bunch of night modes, which is uh, perhaps unique. Um, you don't see that with a lot of the others. So you get all of these maps rendered at night with fancy lighting, which could be nice. Mm. Um, controller support, so, I, I, sorry. I was just going to say, there's a quick comment from Caroline there. You mentioned like old PCs are pretty good for Velocidrone. She says, my PC is barely able to play Velocidrone. I did notice, and this is this is not to slag off sims that aren't mine, I, I do notice that some some sims, especially Velocidrone, are quite bloated in terms of how long it will take an older system to boot the game mm -hmm. up. And then when you say, I want to play this map, wait several minutes, and then it will go. And that's only a problem if you say, actually, my friend are all playing another map, I want to change. And then you have to wait like another few minutes to and change, which is a bit of a shame. I think Velocidrone wanted it only took like it took 17 gigs of disk disk space, but during the install it wanted something like 45 gigs to do the install, and I just didn't really understand what was going on there. It took a very long time to install, and I've I've got a quite a modern PC here with like NVMe storage that can run at a couple of gigs a second, but it still spent like 20 minutes after it downloaded the stuff just decompressing things, and I know like I could have compressed and decompressed that data about 50 times over in the amount of time their installer took so i think yeah. that there's some inefficiencies I, there they gotta remember their audience that we spend all our money on drones and crashing rather than pcs but liftoff as well i think you, you can have a fast preset with liftoff that does pretty well um yeah and, and the controller support community was, maps yeah the, con the community maps are nice I think if you put your stuff on Steam, you get a bit of a jump start in terms of doing multiplayer and community support and allowing people to, to edit stuff and submit their own content. Steam gives you a lot of that stuff for free. And with Velocidrone, they've tried to do it, but they've clearly had to put a lot more work into it to, to get that off the ground. Um, I think the tracks... So controller support, I said 9 out of 10, because it just seemed to work. I don't know what they've done with their secret source controller mapping, but it worked really well. Um, buttons and everything. Many complaints. I can't remap the controller without quitting a map, which is annoying when you're trying to dial everything in the first time because you find yourself loading and quitting maps a bajillion times to get everything working. Um, tracks, I'd say seven out of ten. Uh, there's not a huge number of base maps, but the maps are huge. Well, not as huge as, as DRL, but they're pretty large and they're well designed. There's uh, a lot of community maps, and some of those are quite creative. Um, you get a lot of variety from indoors to cities to construction sites, woods. And they've got a very nice map of a big Russian radar array. Just, I think it's called the Russian, uh, the Russian woodpecker. Yeah, yeah, which is Dugger one. Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So that, that there's some quite unique maps in there. It's, it's fun. Uh, interface was also a strong uh, strength of it. It was nice and clear. Not too much faffing around. Community, I'd say, is, it's not as popular as others. People like to like to dig on on liftoff and, and call it names for whatever reason, probably because I think it's all, always traditionally vying for popularity with Velocidrone and Velocidrone just seems to get the, the pro racer element, whereas liftoff's a bit more of a, a noob thing, I guess. I sp but there anyway. is some sponsorship here which kind of falls mm. into it because liftoff is, I think, sponsored by Emotion RC and 
Oh, it yeah. may be amongst them. And Velocidrone is TBS, so it's it's kind of like Commodore 64 versus Spectrum right. fighting but against each other. We're on to the big guns now. Curry Kit and Sim. We flip over to the Steam page for that bad boy. Uh, I felt like, should I put ratings on this? But I'm, well, I'm gonna, Don't I'm feel gonna, you have to be nice gonna, to me. You, you can be quite nasty if you want it. to be. So... <laughs> I think that the key thing to mention here is if you're prepared to do the legwork, this is available for free on GitHub or a small donation. It really is a small donation there. I think it's uh, £1.69 on Steam. I'd say just buy it, bum curry a couple of quid. I mean, it's one person's work and he's clearly put a bunch of time into it. £1.70 is is not even a half pint, is it? Let's be honest. It also runs Windows, Uh Mac and Linux, which I think is, is kind of the odd one out here. Like I've managed to goose most of this stuff and make it work under Linux, but that's just because like, I'm a big nerd and I run Linux all the time as my day job. Um, this one has native Mac support, so useful Correct. for a lot of people. Not uh, sponsored. Yeah, fake news, Curry Kitten, fake news. It does come up with a massive TBS logo when you load it, so is that copyright that's infringement then? And What's it has on the there? TBS quads available in it. Yeah. And if you go to um, Liftoff, it has all the Immersion RC quads available. So that's that was my thinking behind that. Mm-hmm. But listen to us, we are idiots. So, well, I do wonder why they've got a massive Team Blackstreet logo, because that comes up every time it loads, and I've noticed it uh, a lot. Um, so, I, I'll obviously, I'll hand over to Curry fairly soon on this one. I'll just run through some of the tidbits I've got. But I think, yeah, One Man versus Pro Game Studio, he's done, he's done pretty well. <laughs> like, this is kind of unique, some unique aspects in the video that we're looking at now. Like, we were just following some cars and now we're following some planes. It's got a line of sight mode, which I think is in one or two of the others, but not very common. Um, the quad selection, I think it's unique in that you have planes and cars. Like, that's that's what really makes this one stand out. Um, it would be nice to see some presets I put. It's like, you know, to tweak the quad a bit, to go from down to a whoop up to an X class and stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one guy. So um, I was really impressed by the graphics. I mean, you're skimming around an environment here. It's got 3D terrain, mountains, and it's got shadows and stuff that just look a lot better than some of the others here. And I think he's uh, he's done a pretty good job with Unity here, which is nice. Um it's got a pretty big map as well. A lot of them shy away from putting too much stuff onto one map, I guess, because of PC constraints back in the day. Um, I, I think Curry's probably done a lot more testing on low-end systems. And I just have this stupid workstation that I run on here. Um, I, I think this, in particular, makes Velocidone's graphics inexcusable. It was this thing like, he's done this. It's not like some big project. Okay, he's probably put a lot of time into it, but he's not put the amount of time that Velocidrone has into it, and it just looks looks wonderful. Um, very excited to see what comes next. I saw Curry put out a YouTube video, um, and I think it, it calls out some of the engines, the older engines of other games that, that are hampering them a bit, and seeing some of what Curry's showing with newer engines, it's interesting to see what he might do. Curry, over to you. Uh, yeah, my... the. The idea behind my sim was, I suppose, different from other sims in that I, I'm not that into racing, and most of the other sims are more geared towards racing. You can obviously freestyle in them, but I'm not that interested in gates, so I wanted to put up things that we like to do, like we like to follow each other if we're flying planes, 
or you know if there's drift cars available or there's a bando and so i just like the idea of a big map with stuff in it um and that you can fly around to and stuff like that 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 was the general gist of it and yeah the reason it it runs on low-end systems is it it was written on a on a 2009 mac um but as as uh, I, i did mention in the video about the amount of things written in unity this is written using unity liftoffs using unity velocidrones using unity Unity is very easy to do cross-platform stuff, so it, it constantly surprises me that people just won't put out a Windows and a Mac and a Linux version because it's pretty easy to do. I mean, I've got... I had to make some changes to do iOS and Android versions, but they're not that hard. So putting out desktop versions, everything's very easy. So I'm quite surprised that uh, other other sims have such a hassle or, or don't want to do that. We should call out your controller support as well. I think that's one of the strongest of the bunch. Like you just, a lot of them try and make the controller support look really technical, but you've just really kept it simple. There's not a lot on screen. It it it's got a nice visualization of the actual radio, and uh, it was a real doddle to set up. So I think that's worth mentioning. Well, what what Even I found I is managed it. Hold on, Tony. What I found is all radios, no no matter who they come from can have and you know you might say okay well i've got like um throttle on uh channel three but it doesn't mean it's going to appear as this axis in the same place um which surprised the hell out of me Uh, i i've literally every single person that plugs in a new radio is telling me it's like well why is this on axis 18 i'm like i don't know that's just the way it maps but if you just say that's throttle then then that should work it's it's a bit weird. One of the things I noticed off of um, FPV Freerider, it was the only one out of the bunch that simply said, "Move your throttle up, now move your yaw left, now move your pitch left, now move roll up," and then it just picked out those axes. And for for whatever reason, a lot of the others leave it up to the user to to kind of look at all thirty two axes and wiggle sticks. Um, I wonder why. Why they they kind of don't do more more of a straightforward matching? <clears throat> I have I, I do have controller remapping, which asks you to do that. The only mm. problem is with controller remapping when it says move your throttle stick forwards, is that if the system doesn't have it calibrated, so if the system thinks you're only moving your stick this much instead of this much, then it it won't pick it up because it's looking for a certain amount of of, of pitch. So. That's the easy way to do it, but occasionally, if you plug the wrong stick in, especially these, right. do you remember the USB dongles that plugged into the trainer ports? They were particularly bad at being calibrated. So uh, you'd loop, move the stick all the way, and then you get like ten percent movement. So you'd have to. So do one axis would be calibrated with more movement than the other. So you'd move your yeah. throttle, but also bump your, and I think you were on the your so axis. People would constantly write to me and said, "Oh, I I can't get throttle to." to be recognized and this is because i found out it's like someone actually sent me his dongle because i was like this is so weird what is it and i had to change the code because of it it's because you move the stick all the way and it goes it goes like this so we have to recalibrate before doing the the remapping so in some circumstances it won't work unless you've done a calibration first awesome Mm -hmm. okay I, i said there's only one track but um you know it's clearly work in progress so no judging on that I really I like the interface and menus, man. Like you've kept it simple, and I think that counts for a lot. 
Some of the others are kind of drowned in neon color schemes and you can't really figure out what's going on. There's almost too much on screen. Um, I think less is more when it comes to interface and setup. That's quite I still nice. argue. I still argue the building the building site is a bit too tight, and I miss that the the um, the you know the the wind turbines wandering off. They don't do that um, anymore. I fixed it. Yeah. There is a building site, and I the wind it. turbines now have a script to say, "Has your turbine moved? Move back." <laughs> <laughs> We don't know what happened, but me, Jack, uh, I don't know if you were you there, Tony, and, and certainly Frank were Frank. all playing online and chasing around. I think it was Frank. And it is like we, after an hour, one of the turbine blades had moved about 20 feet away from the turbine. Just the blades, not the actual turbine. Just the blade. It was still rotating. Just a, a naughty bit of rounding error had crept in and accumulated over time. <laughs> Essentially, that's it. Yeah, I think it's Ghosts possible. In the machine. To, to move because we were crashing into it, and I think even though the, the the like the mass of these is huge, and I actually said you are constrained from movement. The fact that a uh, what happens is when a collider move against another collider, something will move no matter what, and so th- over time this was going out. So there's now a script that says rotate the blade and also move it back if it moves. Which is weird. Reattach blade, rotate, reattach, yeah. rotate, reattach. <laughs> all these, all these little tiny things. Can you animate a little bloke who goes up there on a ladder and just kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, I like all the the plane chasing, car chasing business, and I think that the low cost of entry for this one just makes it like, yeah, got to go get it. Um, uncrashed would be the next on the list, and this is it's the one that on really. Steam. Hmm? That's on, on Steam. Steam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is what kicked off my interest in this. I saw this and I was like, oh, Sims. Um, it's one, it seems to be one guy's like passion project. Um, there's quite a few interesting levels here. There's the beautifully designed levels. You can tell he's, he's not using the same gubbins as the rest of them. The, look at the lighting and the shadows on this one. The one thing that sticks out immediately is, wow, this looks nice. Like the the lighting is soft, the shadows look a lot more realistic, and some of these bando levels are just kind of a pleasure to fly around. They really are a joy. Um, and I think this is like what Curry was saying about before. This is an Unreal Engine four game, um, and he may just have done a couple of stock asset dumps here. We're not sure, but it's really enabled someone to get a bit of a jump on the graphical quality of the others. Um, so. It looks visually stunning. There's a lot of incidental detail that you wouldn't notice until you go back to other games and think, why are the buildings just plain boxes? Like there'll be, you know, kind of mops and things standing up in the buildings and bits of rope and wire and plants at odd angles, just as though they were left there. And um, it really helps, I think, conjure a a lot of realism in the maps. Um, The quad selection, four out of 10. There's there's a quad, but you can change a lot of the variables by sliders. So you can say how big the props are, how much it weighs, how much air resistance, and so on and so forth. Um, And that gets you most of the way. It's not perfect. I'd like to see a few presets that jump you around that and, you know, have your your seven inch and your five inch and your little whoop presets and things. That would, I think, help a lot. But I was able to get a nice feel. The graphics, I think, are a 10 out of 10, especially that Sky City. You've got this kind of, um, reminds me of um, 
what was that? Multipass. Uh, multipass, yeah. Oh, God. I've completely blanked on it now. The fifth element. The fifth element reminds me a lot of Lulu. that. And, um, yeah, exactly. The uh, incredible jumpsuit lady and Bruce Willis being gormless and smoking cigarettes that are 90% filter. Um, yeah, and, and it was really fun flying around that. It's just nice to be flying around an environment where other stuff's moving. Like a lot of these sims, the cars are stationary, the scenery doesn't move, but flying around the flying city especially, like you don't just have to remember the course, you have to time it and dodge around cars that are moving. Um, and, and I thought that was just outstanding and it's a lot of fun. Um, controller support, 5 out of 10. It was basic, but it worked. It was able to detect some buttons and switches, but a little bit finickety. The tracks, um, 6 out of 10, very small in number, but since I bought it, they added two extra tracks, which was it's nice. It shows the guys really putting a bunch of effort into this. Um, that futuristic city track is just outstanding as well, and the bandos are really realistic and nice. Um, interface and menus are quite good. It's simple. It does what it needs to, and he's clearly put the work in where it counts on screen and getting it to handle nicely. Um, Community is pretty low, though. I'm not sure anyone's really playing this online. If you're looking for multiplayer, it might not be what you want. But for freestyle and a bit of practice, it, it's pretty good. Um, now, the last one, um, FPV Freerider Recharged. This is the newer version of FPV mm. Freerider, uh, and new because it was released in 2018. On Steam. On Steam again, yeah. So you've got FPV Freerider, and I'm, I've gone for the recharged version, a couple of years newer, and we're now moving into that dizzying era of 4S batteries and props that only exploded sometimes. Uh, and this is a simulator born of that era. And, and you can kind of feel it because everything's a little bit sort of slow and mm, the flight controller makes me think like I'm kindly requesting a butler to go and do something rather than like, you know, snapping and it happening. But it's fun. It's a, it's a nice little project. It's maybe not great value these days, considering this now costs more than DRL, which offers a thousand times more content for, for a couple of quid less. I'm not sure it's a great value proposition. This is now £8.50 at the moment. And there is a, there's a DLC as well that adds a couple of extra tracks for another £2.20 on top. 49 Oh, sorry. £8.49. £8.49. Save that penny. The maps yeah. are really small. Like if you punch up, you'll just get a lot of distance fogging and then realize it's about 300 meters across. Um, it reminds me a lot of Gears of War. I was getting serious Gears of War flashbacks off the early Gears of War games here. Like everything is very brown and there's a couple of lighting effects like God Rays that the developers were clearly very happy about and used extensively. <laughs> so it kind of um, dates the game quite heavily. Um, Quad selection, 3 out of 10. You're talking sliders, but less sliderific than Uncrashed. You can't do a lot with it. And they all kind of felt the same, like a bit wonky and not that powerful and not responsive. Um, graphics, I mean, 4 out of 10, I'd say. There's a couple of buildings. There's a building you can fly around and a car park. And each map has just like one building that you're locked in um, or nearby. Not really compelling. Very brown. Took me back to Quake Two and Gears of War and things. Um, I think so. I, I think, think the original was was possibly the very first sim out there. And if you yeah. think the maps are small on recharged, the original maps were like oh. zoom. If you met, if anybody, should we take a look remembers, quickly? Yeah, Do have it. a look. 
remembers playing it. it and and playing like the the playground. It's like a swing. Go past the swing and that's it. You're out of the map. <laughs> it's like go back. I well, think that, that would be realistic because that was about the range you get off your radio, right? Oh, that's true. The original yeah. FPV experience. Look yeah, me. so this this map I thought looked amazing. Like, oh, in the desert with a Land Rover and <laughs> go about like twenty feet away, and I've hit the edge of the map. Um, it it's it's cute. It's not badly made. It's just it's, it's dated. That's all it is. It's just dated. Uh, wow. Yeah, I can see how they took these and developed them for f- recharged because they're, they're yeah. clearly the same set of maps but with less polish. It's probably taught more people. How to fly acro than you, you care to Fair admit. Days. So, you know, it served its purpose. And the standalone version literally runs on a potato. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's on HIO as well. So, you know, it's a good platform for actually giving the developer all the money and Steam doesn't get a cut should you want to do that as well. Hmm. So, yeah, that, that's the little rundown. Um, short version, I'd say. If you haven't checked out anything, um, go grab a copy of DRL, and it seems to be on sale for £3.60 every now and then. Definitely worth the punt. If you've already got a lot of these, um, have a look at Uncrashed. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I will have to... I've had some corrections. Velocidrone has 30 different quads, and I was playing out-of-date video footage of their, their starter, so apparently it looks... A lot better than it um, than than I showed. Hopefully, uh, no, <laughs> all right. Hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I mean, we'll, uh, your, your definition of better may be different from mine. But I've tried to play yeah. it a bunch for, for this. And, also, yeah, hint, hint. <laughs> at any time on your Steam storefront, you can change the video. So if it looks significantly better, then they should make a new video and put it there instead. They're not. Well, they're not on Steam. They're, on Steam. they're, on there. they're running oh, their own bloody website. They can do what oh, they that's want. That's true. It. Yeah, they don't want. They don't <laughs> yeah. want the Steam stuff. In, in which case, put put videos up there. Yeah, I've I've got. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't find. Here we go. This is this is this is video on there. So Ali B in the chat says I had an old Velocidrone build. Well. Oh, this is Frank telling me yeah. this. I installed I installed it last week using their downloader from their website. So if I've got an old build, it's their fault, not mine. I didn't go and yeah. da- download it, an old build. I installed it not, last week. Not playing this. So I, I played I played their tutorial stuff on YouTube. All right. This, this, but this yeah, is what it looks I was like now. I believe. Yeah. There's a bit of water effects and some trees. <laughs> Some, some green stuff, some blue stuff. I mean, yeah. Oh, kudos for them for you know continuing the project and things. It's it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed playing it. Uh, like you know when they've uh, the UK drone show and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, if you're with a bunch of mates, you could be playing anything, right? It's the fact that you're all in there having a race and it's a laugh, isn't it? So a lot in of fact, it does come I, down to community. I, I remember very clearly the, the Andy RC experience we had where, oh, where he got upset with you for posting that. Where Andy said, uh, I think this is how you do a, a trippy spin and uh, smashed his quad into the ground. <laughs> and then Jack sent a clip of it to write a riot. He's <laughs> got <laughs> in trouble from Andy. <laughs> Andy hates me. That's why he left. Andy absolutely hates me. 
I'm sorry, Andy. I still love you. <laughs> oh, well. Well, uh, that's all we got time for for tonight. Stephen, thank you so much for doing okay. that and uh, okay. giving us give us the insight and generating content. Uh, the the literally the the glue that's holding this uh, ship together. Um, oh, everyone's okay. favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. Everyone's favourite sim review, Stephen. Bye bye. My my darling wife. Bonjour. And I've been bright until I fly. Thank you guys. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Massive uh, shout out to our um, uh, patrons who keep this this show up and running and keep going. Um, we couldn't do it without you guys. Seriously, big love. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing some bonus podcasts and doing all the Christmas bonus podcasts and all that sort of stuff for you guys. Because you guys rule. Thank you guys and good night. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Telemetry lost.